It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Good morning and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball or code Just Gridiron when you download for a full instant deposit match up to $100. In this episode, you will get my favorite pick for Game 4 of the World Series, as well as two of my favorite player props to pair on Prize Picks. Quick recap of yesterday we won 0.5 units after Kyle Schwarber hit a rocket to center field to seal the first five over. Scoring, though, came to a halt after the fifth inning, which is why we only put a half unit on the over. Scoring is at a premium late in games, and that's why we targeted the first five innings in the first place. We had all of our props except Kyle Tucker. He had a couple of balls hard, but none of them found a gap. He had his chance to not only hit the full game over, when there was runners on second and third, and hit his prop, but he did not. And that ball that he hit, um, I was tweeting at a lot of you, thank you guys all for following me on Twitter, at PeterApple23. He hit that ball 99.9 miles an hour at a 24-degree launch angle, which qualifies as a barrel. It went 362 feet and had an expected batting average of 500. But it was caught, and we didn't hit Tucker or the full game over. That's baseball for you. Not worried about it because it just lit a fire under me for today. We have one pick and and two props. We're now up 1.2 units on the postseason. If you don't include the 1.6 units that has been made on series prices on this podcast, which I've not put in the overall record, which is 231 and 190, winning at a 55% rate, we are plus 43.09 units. Astros, Phillies at 8.03 p.m. Eastern. It's Christian Javier, righty for the Astros. got a 2.54 ERA and 148 and two-thirds. 33% strikeout rate with a 3.57 XERA. Or excuse me, um, 2.57 XERA, 3.16 FIP, and a 3.53 XFIP. Taking on Aaron Nola, righty for the Phillies, who's got a 3.25 ERA and 205 innings. 29.1% strikeout rate, 2.74 XERA, 2.58 FIP, and 2.77 XFIP. Yesterday, we told you that the Phillies on average scored seven runs at home during the playoffs. They did just that, putting up seven on the board with five home runs. It was an offensive explosion for the Phillies, which gave them the 2-1 series lead. The Astros never got anything going, even against mop-up relief pitchers. I'm sure this game will be much closer, but let's evaluate each facet of the game. Starting pitching. Now that we have four starts to look at for Aaron Nola in the playoffs, he's pitched in every series, including game one. He started the postseason on another level, but in his last two starts, he's failed to get out of the fifth inning, allowing five runs in each. 
His most recent start was in Houston, where he allowed five earned runs over six hits and four and a third. Surprisingly, as his final start of the regular season, he took a perfect game into the seventh at Minute Maid Park. What he has to do is make an adjustment and revert to how he pitched on October 3rd. It's easier said than done, but it can be done. After looking at each of his pitches fared in those starts, it's clear he has to stop throwing his sinker so freaking much to these Astros pitcher hitters. His elevated four-seam and knuckle curve been, have been excellent in both starts, but the sinker is getting teed off. The Astros do not rate well against the cutter this year, especially with the right-handers in their lineup. Look for Nola to use more cutters in this matchup on his third time around against the Astros in just over a month. Nola doesn't have any splits concerns. He's been great both on the road and at home. He's been better against lefties, but not by a whole lot. He's just a really good pitcher, and if his stuff is working, it doesn't matter who it is or when it is. Christian Javier will make his first start in the World Series for the Astros, coming off a dominant um, performance against the Yankees in the ALCS. Javier was phenomenal, only allowing one hit in five and a third's innings. Not taking anything away from that start, but he owns the Yankees in particular. His pitch mix is ideally suited to take out the Yankees, so it's hard to predict how he'll fare today. We know that Javier and Verlander's pitch mix are very similar. Both heavily rely on the fastball. Verlander throws it 50% of the time, while Javier throws it 59% of the time. They're both in the mid-90s with excellent location. When you combine slider and fastball usage, Javier throws those pitches 87.5% of the time compared to Verlander at 79%. I bring this up because the Phillies can hit both of those pitches, especially the slider, and they already hit Verlander. Javier and Verlander have completely different sliders, but both are very effective. Verlander's slider touches 88 miles an hour, while Javier's is 79.81. Javier's slider performed better than Verlander's this season, as did his fastball, which is crazy. You can make the argument that Javier is pitching even better than the future AL Cy Young Award winner at the moment. Both pitchers are just straight up excellent. As John Smoltz said on the broadcast, it's often easier for pitchers to adjust to a lousy start than the hitter when they've already seen success. Nola has a much longer track record, but Javier is so freaking nasty that he's right there with him. The only reason I'm slightly leaning towards Nola is Javier's inexperience. He's 25 years old, making his first ever World Series start in an incredibly hostile environment. These two would be relatively similar if it weren't for that, but I'm going to lean on Nola's experience at home. The offense. The Phillies at home this postseason are the 1927 Yankees. They still average seven runs per game, putting a 284, 362, 616 slash line as a team with 17 freaking jacks in six games. They have a 977 OPS at home. Only three players in Major League Baseball at a higher OPS this year. Those Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, and Paul Goldschmidt. The Phillies are basically running out of lineup, but Paul Goldschmidt's at home. The Astros, on the other hand, are struggling to hit on the road. As a team in the postseason, they are slashing 191, 267, 272, with just three home runs to give them a 538 OPS. The road offense for the Astros is a bunch of Miles Straws. Miles Straw had a 564 OPS this year. So he even spits on this road offense. Jordan Alvarez is so huge. He's only rocking a 758 OPS in the postseason, and he has just one hit in three games against the Phillies. Altuve, who sets the table for them all year, is rocking a 408 OPS in the postseason. She's not going to cut it. If Altuve and Alvarez aren't hitting, this offense isn't getting going. I bring them up mainly because they don't really have any success against Nola in their careers. They're combined 3 for 12 against him, and neither have took part in any scoring off of him in Game 1. They need these two to show up, and there isn't much data to support that they will. On the Philly side, they'll see a heavy, healthy use of Javier's slider, one of the best in the game. I, I'm not underrating that pitch at all. While the Phillies do its sliders, this might be one of the best sliders they face all year. 
And Javier is going to face an offense, though, that ranked fourth in baseball against sliders and just had a field day with Lance McCullers Jr. Javier likes to throw his slider on the lower half to lefties and in on righties. When I queue up the stats to see how the Phillies have done against those sliders, like where they're located, they rank in the top 10. Overall, they just hit sliders really well. Players like Bryce Harper, Kyle Schrober, who are on fire this postseason, are some of the game's best fastball slider hitters. Reese Hoskins also lines up similarly in terms of run value, but Javier has been so tough on righties all season that most of the offense should come from these two. Overall, I'm going to give the slight lean to the Phillies. The Astros' offense can, of course, explode at any time, but you can't dismiss the incredible momentum the Phillies have built at home. What about the bullpen? Both bullpens are freaking elite. Overall, data points towards the Astros having a deeper and more powerful unit, especially at the back end. But how can we overlook what the Phillies' bullpen has done? They haven't allowed a run yet in the World Series. The only runs the Astros have scored in the series are against Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. The Phillies have at least scored against the Astros' bullpen as JT Romuto hit a home run in Game 1 against the best of the Astros' bunch in Ryan Presley. The total numbers point to the Astros, but the Phillies have arrested Dominguez, Alvarado, Robertson, and Eflin ready to relieve Nola. Eileen Push. The umpire for this game is Trip Gibson, who is just a hair below Pat Hoberg's accuracy, who who uh, umpired a perfect game. According to umpirescorecards.com, which is linked in the article, he ranks within the top five of the most of most accuracy metrics for umpires this year. There aren't many trends that point to a direction of a total. We should see just a very consistent strike zone. Citizens Bank Park ranks as the fourth best ballpark for hitters by baseball's Savant Pact baseball savant park factor like we've spoken about according to ballpark pal the environment calls for a negative three percent increase in runs that's the lowest of the series so far as we are looking at our coldest temperatures of the world series with slight wind blowing in here's my thinking i'm trying to play the more likely scenario but this is just my opinion and i'm gonna lay out both sides so if you don't agree with this go with whatever scenario you think is more likely Num- scenario number one The Astros bounce back and continue to crush Nola, who doesn't make an adjustment, and the offense does a complete 180 from what they've shown on the road. It's not impossible. A 25-year-old making his first World Series start shuts down the best home offense in the playoffs by a mile on the road in the craziest environment he's ever pitched in. It's not impossible. I know that sounds crazy, but remember, it's Christian Javier. He's been so, so good, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs so far. Scenario number two. The Phillies just roll with their momentum. An experienced pitcher like Aaron Nola makes a proper adjustment and does enough to win and turn it over to a bullpen that hasn't allowed a run. The Phillies continue their success at home and do enough against Javier to give them the win. It just seems that the first or this first scenario is less likely to happen. Could it happen? Of course it could. It's, a, it's the World Series. Javier could throw a no-hitter and Aaron Nola gives up nine runs. We have no idea. What I will say is that even if Aaron Nola gets hit today, they can still win as proven in game one. I just think the Phillies have the slight advantage in all facets, and home field advantage puts it over the top for me. The Phillies know that Syndergaard is going game five, so this is as must-win as it gets, even as it is for the Astros. I think the Phillies grab a 3-1 series lead. The pick is Philadelphia Phillies money line minus 104. That is 1.04 units to win one unit. Let's talk player props because I only really have one that I like. I have a couple, of course, that I do like. Can't lie to you. Um, but you can't pair them together on prize picks as much. So what I did is I paired my favorite baseball prop with an NBA prop. And I want to shout out who I got it from. It's from Christian, L-A-G-A-N-A. I don't want to mispronounce his last name, but you can find him at the kid 528 He's been great with his player props in the NBA so far. Uh, one of the guys who's been DMing me, really appreciate you, Christian. He gave me Trey Young over 28 and a half, tw- 28 and a half points. 
as a Knicks fan, I know that Trey Young, whenever he comes into the Madison Square Garden or or even if he plays in Atlanta, doesn't matter. He destroys the Knicks. He destroys us. I'm willing to take 28 and a half. That was given to my bad guy, Christian. And I'm going to pair it with my favorite prop in baseball, and that's Kyle Schwarber. When Kyle Schwarber gets hot, you take him. Not only does he have good you know, splits off fastballs and sliders, Javier's been worse against lefties, and I like Schwarber at the top of the lineup. Give me over 6.5 fantasy. I'm combining that with Trey Young more than 28.5 points tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have been cashing with us, if you were on that first five over with us, if you've hit any of the props, make sure to use code October15. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. Definitely helps out the podcast and our company in order to give you guys free content. As well as we are still live with Manscaped, remember to use code NGA in order to get 20% off Manscaped. And also, if you could give me a five-star review on Spotify, and if you were listening on Apple Podcasts, let me know. If you could give a written review, I would greatly appreciate it. Let me know what you are enjoying, any ways I can improve, always willing to listen. But remember that none of this was gambling advice. Thank you.